Welcome to the Rock Christian Church Podcast. Today's message is Are You Ready to Move? by guest speaker Kerry Price. I want to ask you, who's as excited as I am about moving into our own building? Yeah, very exciting. And uh, it's, it's going to be a wonderful time and we're so thankful to the Lord for bringing us to this place. But... You know, it's way more than just a relocation. This is all about moving with God. And so that involves spiritually and personally, we we have to be ready to move with God. And so the question is today, are you ready to move? Are you ready to move? And it's a bit of a loaded question. I imagine most of you have um, had the experience of moving house and you know what that's like. If you've been in the house for a long time, you have accumulated a lot of stuff and some of it is junk and some of it is just things that you don't use anymore and really don't want. And so you're probably going to make a few trips to the dump. And I think it's the same in our spiritual life. We have accumulated things along the way. Maybe it's bad habits, negative thinking. Um, There are all kinds of things that we kind of pick up or uh, attach themselves to our lives without us even realising a lot of the time. And so moving is a great time to have a clean out and to have a fresh start in God. And so that's what I'm wanting to encourage you to do today because when we move, we're not going to stay the same. We're going to grow. (laughs) And I'm looking forward to all that the Lord's going to do. Now, a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Sean said to us, in three to five years, you're going to have a better pastor. And I thought, oh, what a strange thing to say. But... Obviously, he's committing to personal growth. And we'd better do the same. We, had, we want to all move together. We want to not leave anybody behind. And so if each of us makes that personal commitment to growth, then God is going to help us and we're, we're going to be just so blended together as the body of Christ that when we move, God's going to be able to bring in many, many people and uh, it will be an exciting thing to see. So we've been through a lot as a church and it's an amazing thing. God has made you a resilient people, a people who have been through the storms, you've weathered the storms and you've been through some battles personally, some challenges in life and look, Here you are, in the house of God, standing strong. And that's exactly where God wants you to be. So we're in the right place with God. Now this morning, we're going to take a quick look at the Israelites in the wilderness en route to the promised land. But just in case you think, um, well, what has the Israelites in the wilderness got to do with us? We're going to look at a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 just to remind you 
why we're doing this. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 1. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that was Christ, uh, that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Even though God um, performed many miracles to provide for them and protect them, the Israelites complained about their circumstances and their leader and even complained against God. That's not a very smart thing to do. (laughs) So verse 6. Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. And do not grumble as some of them did, that's verse 10, and were killed by the destroying angel. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So this is why we're looking at the Israelites because these things were written for, as examples for us to remind us of how God deals with his people. In other words, if things don't work out the way you think they should or in the time frame that you think is reasonable, don't get upset, don't complain against God and don't complain against the leader. You know, when you're having a move... All kinds of things can go wrong. Things can happen with contracts and councils and organisational things, even moving people, moving vans and things. So, you know, don't get frustrated. Just know that God has it all in hand and we're just going to help in every way that we can. So the Israelites complained about almost everything. (laughs) Now, in all fairness, really, um, in natural terms, their complaints were fairly justified. I mean, if you have no water, no visible means of getting any, and you've got roughly, I don't know, roughly two and a half million other people around you, all with no water for their families or animals, (laughs) that's a really scary thought. That's a really big problem. But it wasn't a problem to God because he knew that he could, be, he could tackle any problem. So it wasn't a problem to him. He'd already proven his faithfulness to these people by bringing them out of slavery in Egypt and into, um, well, they weren't in the promised land yet, but that's where they were headed. But... He'd brought them out of slavery. He'd performed an incredible miracle to bring them through the Red Sea on dry ground and drown the entire Egyptian army who were pursuing them. (laughs) So they should have known that he was in control and he could take care of them. But instead of that, no, they complained about almost everything. 
Mostly they complained that they would have been better off staying in Egypt. Really? <laughs> um, the fact they, that their ancestors had been crying out to God for 400 years to get us out of this place kind of passed them by. So they complained about having no water. So God gave them water out of the rock. They complained about having no food, so God gave them manna from heaven. And then they complained about the manna. Well, we're fed up with eating this manna all the time. We want meat. <laughs> so God caused this great wind and blew in flocks of quail. I mean, you're trying to feed two and a half million people plus, probably. That's only if each family had two children, I think I've worked out, but they probably had more than that. So God gave them all these things and provided for them. And I don't mean to say that they complained about everything. They absolutely obeyed God's commands when it suited them. I think we're a bit like that, don't you? <laughs> Sometimes we know what is not pleasing to God and yet we choose to do it anyway. And so God spoke to the people through Moses and he basically told them, you can do this the hard way or the easy way. If you obey me and follow my commandments and, and follow the leader that I've given you, then everything will be fine. But if you try and do it your own way, you're going to get into a lot of trouble. Yes. God wants us to work within the framework of the leader's vision because God has put that leader in place and God has given him the vision for how to lead the church forward. And so we have to work within that framework. So when the Israelites finally came to the border of Canaan, Moses sent one man from each of the 12 tribes to go and spy out the land. But when they returned, of course, only two of them gave a good report. All the other spies were in fear of the giants that were in the land, and they were giants. I read somewhere that... Um, and, a, you know, a, a historical fact that was recorded about this particular man who was a giant. His bed was about two metres wide and four metres long. <laughs> so they were giants. Um, but they stirred up the people to fear. And so instead of the people being excited about going into the promised land, they began to wail and they were in a terrible state. So come with me to Numbers chapter 14 and we'll read about that. <coughs> Starting at verse 1. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites, that's all the Israelites, grumbled against God, against Moses and Aaron, I beg your pardon, and the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt 
or in this wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us into this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> in uh, slavery. And, and this is incredible. Oh, well, then Moses and Aaron fell down, face down, in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. It was an act of humility and total surrender to God. I'm sure in their hearts they were saying, God, we can't deal with these people anymore. <laughs> Help. <laughs> then in verse 5, verse 6, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephthah, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. It wouldn't have been easy to stand up in front of that vast, angry mob, <laughs> but Joshua was in the process of becoming the great leader that God intended him to be. Later, he became the leader who would actually bring them into the promised land. So at this point, we ask the question, what was different about Joshua? We know that Joshua had been Moses' attendant since his youth, and he'd proven himself faithful. I don't know how he came to be appointed to that position, but he, he was faithful. He was always with Moses. He was ready when something needed to be done or Moses required something from him. He was there on the spot and he had proved himself faithful. It's obvious that Joshua loved God and had a desire to please him from his youth. And I, I love it when I see uh, some of our kids and, and you can see the hand of God on their lives, some of them in particular who have a real love for God and, and you can just see, you know, they're going to grow up wanting to love and serve the Lord and that really does something for me. Well, Joshua was, was like that from his youth. He served Moses gladly and he worked within the vision that God had given Moses. He didn't have his own agenda, didn't have his own um, ideas about what should be done and how it should be done, but he followed what Moses set before him. You know, it makes a difference who you hang out with, and most parents will tell that to their kids. You know, it's important which friends you choose. I had a, a pastor once who used to say, find yourself an Elijah to walk beside and listen to and learn from. That's very good advice. And that pastor was sort of like that to me, um, to be able to learn and listen and, and grow 
in God. So turn, um, oh well, turn with me to Exodus chapter 33. I'm actually, I'm reading from my notes because uh, my eyes are a bit sad when it comes to without my glasses. Okay, now Moses, uh, this is verse 7. Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, a good distance from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. This was before they'd actually set up the tabernacle that, that God gave them the plan for. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting which was outside the camp. And it came about whenever Moses went out to the tent that all the people would arise and stand at the entrance and stand each at the entrance of his tent and gaze after Moses until he entered the tent. Whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud you know, the pillar of cloud that was over them, that God was in that cloud, would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent and the Lord would speak with Moses. When all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tent, all the people would arise and worship, each at the entrance of his tent. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses returned to the camp, his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. That verse is so revealing. Let's read it again. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses returned to the camp, his servant Joshua, son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Why did he not leave the tent? Wasn't he supposed to be on hand in case Moses needed something? You know why he didn't leave the tent, don't you? He didn't want to walk away from the presence of God. You know, there are many times, well, I mean, there are times at home, but there are times here in church too. The end of the service comes and I don't want to get up <laughs> straight away. You know, you don't want to break that communion with God. And, and I'll, I'll just sit there sometimes for a few minutes and just be in the presence of God. And I encourage you to do the same if you, if you feel like that. No rush to get a cup of tea. <laughs> But Joshua didn't want to leave the presence of God. He knew that the glory of God, the presence of God was in that cloud and the glory of God had filled the tent while Moses was there communing with God. And Joshua wanted to get in on that. And so he would stay in the tent. Joshua wanted to know God like Moses did. That's where lives are changed, in the presence of God. I think most of the milestone marks in my life that have taken place have been at the altar or, or just sitting in the presence of God. 
That's where lives are changed. And that's why we sing that chorus. Oh, I don't know if we sing it much now, but just one glimpse of your glory, of his glory, and your lives will never be the same again. God is preparing you too. He's positioning you for the next move. But he can only take you as far as you are willing to go. When things aren't going the way you think they should or as quickly as you think they should, when there are obstacles along the way or bad things happen, you need a close relationship with God so he can speak into your life comfort and wisdom and answers for your situation. Maybe you feel as though you've missed the call of God. Perhaps you were busy with a career or a growing family. It's not too late. God is calling you now. You're going to be so needed. I mean, you're needed now. But when we move and God starts to move and bring in more people, you're going to be needed. So get ready. (laughs) Yes. So you don't have to rely on your own abilities or wisdom or strength to become the man or the woman that God is calling you to be. You can rely on him. He has all the resources. (laughs) No problem is too big for him. Maybe you feel as though you've missed the call or disqualified yourself because of the life you've lived, the way that you've lived or things that you've done in your life. You've fallen short. Yeah, well, we've all fallen short. But God is ready to take us up and use us again and use us um, for his glory and for the kingdom of God. Maybe you feel as though you can't do very much, but just a listening ear, a caring heart, a kind word, a little bit of practical help can mean so much to maybe someone in your family or to um, the community around you and to the church. And so I encourage you to give that some thought because, you know, God is in the business of saving families, households. He wants our families in the kingdom of God. And if they're backslidden, he wants them back in the house of God and in the family of God, worshipping together and encouraging one another. And so it's not that we have to have some big ministry, uh, upfront speaking or anything like that. We can be the man and woman God has called us to be as long as we move with God, as long as we take on board the things that he's asking us to do. So what will you do to prepare? I believe that God wants us to lift our vision higher as we prepare for this move. I've been thinking about this community and, you know, there's um, 100,000 plus in the Redlands. There are a lot of churches. There's no reason we can't reach these people. Not just the rock, but 
all the evangelical churches in the area. We can reach this community. It's doable with God. So lift your vision higher. Believe for great things for this church. God is positioning us in a very accessible spot in Kapalabar. The Rock Christian Church can be a lighthouse for this community. If we each do our part, we've all got to take it on board and step up and do our bit. I want to put out a challenge to you today that we will do everything we can with God's help to make this a smooth transition and to um, facilitate for God to bring in many, many people because there are many, many, many people out there who desperately need the Lord. You know it, your neighbours, friends, workmates. And I would encourage you to pray for the people in your street. Um, maybe you choose a few streets on the map and really pray for those people, for their salvation, for their families, um, because God will move in their lives and, and bring things forward in their lives, bring them toward himself and toward the kingdom of God. And so um, we can be that shining light. We can be that people who, who care for people, who pray for people, who help them to draw nearer to God step by step until they see their need of Him. So I, I'm going to ask you to please stand to your feet. Today I'd like to pray for you. And after that, if, if you want prayer yourself, please come down and meet us at the front. The um, team would like to pray for you. Loving Father, I thank you for this people. We praise you for all you've done in us and amongst us to bring us to this place. Thank you for your, the wonderful new opportunity we have to impact this community. Please continue to heal, strengthen and inspire us so that we can effectively do the work that you've called us to do and make us a shining light to reflect your glory throughout the Redlands and beyond. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Rock Christian Church podcast. To be notified when the next episode is available, subscribe on our website at therock.org.au. You can also connect with us on Facebook at The Rock Christian Church. We hope you have been blessed today and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.